touch me. Oh, he touched me. And all oh, that joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know he touched me. my soul. Something happened and now I know, I know, yes, he touched me. show our uh, slides presentation and uh, after the service if you have some questions I'm glad to explain it uh, uh, outside my name is uh, Edgar Blandini uh, the slides I'm presentation sir Sorry for that. That is the, the movie that we show out this morning. Okay. Uh, welcome to the Kingdom of Cambodia. And uh, this is uh, the, our map. Uh, you, if you will notice that we are border of three countries, Thailand on the extreme uh, west-north, and then Laos, and then from north to south on the eastern part, that, that is uh, Vietnam, and uh, we are working in Phnom Penh City. We are just about 60 miles away to the border of Saigon. And then uh, a population, about 14.7 million population. The land area is about 181,000. It is just the same like uh, twice of Idaho, the whole state. And then divided into 21 provinces. Bodhism is a national region, 96.4%. Muslims, 2.1%, and others. This includes all the different religions, uh, that about 1.35%. If you will put all together the Baptist churches, maybe we are just 0.001% of the whole population. Literacy rate is 73.6%. We have only two positions every 1,000 people, one hospital bed every 1,000 uh, patients. 63,000 are already HIV infected and more than 3,000 death cases. This is way back in 2009. This is my family. My son is also a missionary and he's now pastoring the church that I started, Grace Baptist Church. And then uh, 
my daughter on the left, Lois Marian. She's 15, 18 years old. And then, of course, my wife. And then uh, on, the, my, on my right side, that is my uh, young, uh, oldest daughter, Lovely. Uh, we started Grace Baptist Church from three Cambodians way back in 1999 through soul winning, tracks distribution, Bible studies, and knocking on doors. People got saved, and our young people surrendered their lives to serve the Lord. This is the church that we have right now. This is our main church. This is our, the, the, uh, the building on the left side is our uh, children home ministry, and on the right side is our educational building. This is our main auditorium. It can occupy 300 people, four Cambodians. Okay, if for Americans, maybe it's only about 75 or 80 Americans. <laughs> this is our main service. Uh, we saw over 2,000 people got saved through Grace Baptist Church. More than, eight, more than 800 people follow the Lord in water baptism. And then uh, we are averaging about 250 to 350 every Sunday. If we will put all together our, our uh, believers in the whole city, uh, we are counting about between eight to 1,000 people every Sunday. This is one of our service. Our main ministry, of course, soul winning, trust distribution, knocking on doors, children ministry. Vacation Bible School, Feeding Ministry, Medical and Dental Mission, Church Planting Ministry, and Training the National. And then Trust Distribution. Every Saturday, we have 65 people from our church will go out for three hours every Saturday morning, including children. We go around to the whole city, distribute gospel tracts, knock on doors, invite people to come in the church. This one of our Vacation Bible School, uh, the government, they allow us to do a Vacation Bible School uh, in, their, uh, in their public school, gov- uh, they suspended their class just to give way to our vacation Bible school. The, the, whole, the whole school averaging about 3,000 students, but we have only three Sunday school teachers. So what we did is every one teacher, they need to teach 250 children. It's one of the class. Another class downstairs, and then another class on the upper portion. And then, of course, we are also involved for bidding ministry, helping these kids. And then our medical and dental mission. Every summer, my daughter, she is a dental student back in the Philippines. She will come during summer, and we do dental mission. Last time, we were able to help 1,200 people in four days' time through our dental evangelism. This is the main... The main purpose why we are in Cambodia is to train nationals. We believe that this is the fastest way to reach the country to the gospel. Train Cambodians. This is our Grace Baptist This is our church planting program. If you will notice that the whole country is divided into 21 provinces. And right now we are working to six provinces. Uh, those uh, green Crosses that represent the churches that we have right now in those provinces. And those uh, question marks that these are the places that we want to send missionaries at the end of this year. This is one of the ministries that we start in Phnom Penh City. This is one of our church. And, uh, and then this is in uh, uh, Lung Kangan. 
And then we have in Ponchentong, uh, this is close to our international airport. And this is one of, uh, in uh, Odom District. And this is in Tonlibate. This is all our ministry in Phnom Penh City. And then this is our ministry in, in Kampung Cham Province, estimated about 1.680 million population. We have 11 church planters working in that province right now, trying to reach them to the gospel. These are our workers. And then our ministry in the northern part, in the border of Thailand, Shimri province. We have about 1.2 million population. These are all our workers, our church planters. And then uh, Swiring province is located in the border of Saigon. It is right there in the border. And we started this ministry way back in 2005. The, the population is about 1.280 million population, and we are the only Baptist church working, trying to reach the gospel to these people in that province. These are the workers that we have that, that we trained already in the past. We go there uh, three times a month just to continue the, the, the training program to all our local pastors. It's one of the church that are uh, the first church that we started in that province. Now, in 2006, we traveled here. We were able to raise 32 scooters in four years' time. And this is the reason why we have all those 32 churches. And, and all these 32 churches are fully independent and self-supporting. What we did is through our Faith Promise Fund, through Grace Baptist Church, we help all these workers for their gasoline expenses every month. And then through their farm, can able to raise their needs, their, their family needs, their food for their family. And then we, we ask churches in this country to buy them a scooter. And uh, that is our partnership. And then uh, we encourage them to teach their people to give, and they build their own building. And this is one of the buildings that they built it already. This is another building. It's another one. Also, it is flooded when they took pictures. Sometimes during rainy season, water is about five feet. Sometimes they need to cancel their services on Sunday. But one thing that you will appreciate to these people is their eagerness to serve the Lord. And they are just receiving $25 a month, and that is their gasoline expenses to reach more people in their community. This is another building. This ministry, it is right there, just right in the border of Vietnam. And they just took pictures. They are preparing a piece of land, and they want to build a small church building for their services. These are all uh, workers that we train uh, for the last 13 years of our ministry working in different villages in, in, Swiring, in Swiring province. Now, the reason the picture of, our, of, of this man of God is blurred because he just went to the Lord last October 9. He just went to the Lord 
and he got two children. He got a good ministry. And uh, right now, we are praying to, to uh, send somebody to continue his ministry. This is the, one of their farm. This is the way they, they supply their needs. They are farmers. Uh, Monday to Thursday, they will work to their farm. They, they plant rice, corn, vegetables. They raise chickens and ducks for their needs. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they will travel, go to different places that they were assigned to start a church. This is where we are working right now. And we right, uh, a total of 75 Cambodian pastors that we trained already for the last 13 years. 32 of them started churches already. We have the remaining 43 Cambodian workers. They are ready to go. They are uh, eager to start churches in six provinces. The only thing is we are praying partners that they can help their needs. Uh, this is a, one of the Cambodian Bible. This is what they need, scooters. When, when we talk about scooters, we are not talking about like what you have here, like those uh, uh, Harley Davidson. We're not praying this kind of stuff. We are just praying a small scooter that they can use it. Give them a scooter and they can start a church. One scooter is enough to start one church. We are not raising a monthly support to this preacher. We're not raising any needs. We are just raising a one-time help. Give them a scooter and they will start a church. If Lord's will, if God will going to help us to uh, provide all those 43 scooters after December, we can start another 43 churches. And that will be a total of 75 churches in 13 years' time. Now what we will do, by next year, 2013 and 2014, we will not start another church. We will just help continuous training to these pastors, encourage all the believers to support the ministry, and then by 2015, all these 75 churches, we will ask them to start just one, each of them. And that will be a total of 150 churches by 2015. And... So please uh, continue to pray, and uh, our, uh, our request is uh, pray for their needs, that the Lord will help us to raise those scooters that we needed. And right now, uh, there are already 17 uh, scooters that are committed to us, and we are just praying another uh, 26 more to complete the 43 scooters that we needed to start those 43 churches. Now maybe you will ask, how much is this scooter? You can buy two kinds of scooter in our country. One is the used one, that is about $800, and the other one is a new one. When I say new one, these are used either in Japan or in Korea, but never used in Cambodia, that it costs $1,200. Now, if you buy the brand new one, those, we call it signature scooter, like a Honda, Suzuki, or Yamaha from Japan, that it costs you $2,800. And we are not praying that kind of scooter, that it costs a lot of money. We are just praying either the $800 or $1,200. And uh, as soon as the Lord will provide these needs, we will have another 43 churches. Thank you so much. And uh, after the service, if you have some questions about that ministry, I'm glad to explain it. I will not be preaching too long tonight. My English is only good for 15 minutes.
after 15 minutes, whether I like it or not, I need to stop. If there are some words that I will mispronounce it or use it in a wrong usage, please forgive me. After the service, just come to me and I will explain it what I meant it. I was born in the Philippines. I got one Kababayan here. We have 123 different dialects. And I can speak fluently three of them. She got another language. She was born in the southern part and I was born in the northern part. And then I, uh, uh, I'm working in Cambodia that is uh, Kabir language. One of the hardest languages to learn. They read from right to left. If you say thank you so much in Cambodian language, it means okun charan. It's very hard. And then I got another English language. I got five languages in this small uh, head that we call it brain. But sometimes I forget where I'm standing. So please, uh, I, I just want to remind you, just, just call my attention after the service. I'll be preaching in John chapter 9. If you have Bibles, please, John chapter 9. I'll be reading some couple of verses. Uh, normally, in, in, in our church, at Grace Baptist Church, normally, uh, I used to preach hour and a half. That is just the preaching time. If you preach 30 minutes to our people, they will get mad with you. They fire you out. They'll find another preacher. I mean, the, I mean, we, we start our regular service at 8 o'clock in the morning. 8 to 8.45 is Sunday school. 9 to 1 is our worship. But since I am in America, I will behave tonight. <laughs> Don't worry. 6.20, everything is, is, is done. I will just read a couple of verses. And then I'll close it in prayer. John chapter 9, verse number 1. And Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man seen nor his parents, but the works of God should be made manifest in him. Verse number 4. I must work the works of him that sent me, while it is day, the night cometh, when no man can work. As long that I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Verse number 6. When he had this done, spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay the spittle and anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Shalom, which, by, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before him, him that he was blind, said, It is not this he that sat and begged. Verse number 9. Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said unto him, How were thy eyes opened? Verse number 11. He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I washed and I went and washed and I received sight. Verse number 12. They said unto him, Where is he? He said, I know not. They brought to the Pharisees him that upper time was blind. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made clay and opened his eyes. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, he put clay upon my eyes and I was to see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God. They are talking to the, about the Lord Jesus Christ because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is sinner do such miracles? 
and there was a division among them. Look at verse number 18. But the Jews did not believe concerning him, that he had been blind and received his sight, until they called the parents of him that he had received his sight. Jump on verse 27. On verse number 27, this man is a little bit upset already. In verse number 27, he said, He answered them, I have told you already, and ye did not hear. Wherefore, ye will hear it again, and we also be his disciples. On verse number 35, Jesus heard that they had, that they had cast him out when they had found him. He said unto him, Thus thou believe on the Son of God. He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast son, they, have, they hast both seen, seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. And Jesus answered, For judgment I am come in this world, the day which he might see, the day which he might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Last verse in 41, Jesus answered unto them, If ye were blind and you shall have no sin, but now ye say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. I would like to speak on the subject, and Jesus passed by, he saw a man. Jesus passed by, he saw Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight. Bless your word and challenge our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The, the, main, the main purpose of the whole chapter is about the blind men. The miracle that Jesus did. And I believe with all my heart, this, this young man has been praying for his life. That somebody help him. And the Lord came and he performs miracle. I don't have problem. And I believe to those miracles. The only thing, in this present generation, a lot of churches, and we call it preachers or pastors and evangelists, are using the word miracles. Using the words miracle to convince people to join them. And I, and, and I believe with all my heart, before Jesus performed the miracle on verse number 6, on verse number 6, if we will go back a little bit on verse number 3, there is something that happened before Jesus performed the miracle on verse number 6. Before Jesus is pat on the ground and put on the eyes of this blind man, before he returned back his eyesight, something happened on verse number 3. Look at verse number 3. If we will just go back a little bit on verse number 3. On the last part of verse number 3, the Bible said, Jesus answered, neither this man seen nor his parents, but the walls of God should be made manifest in him. The walls of God should manifest in him. Now, I believe with all my heart, we are standing in a common ground that there is a requirements before God's work will manifest through us. And that is salvation. God will never use a dirty vessels. And I believe the, before God performed the miracle, before he returned back his eyesight, he saved him first. Because that is the most important thing in this life. Salvation. 
The Bible said, what shall the prophet a man if he gain the whole world? Yes, lose his own soul. So I believe before Jesus came, before he performed the miracles on verse number 6, Jesus talked to him for a while on verse number 3, and this man got saved first. And after he got saved, Jesus told him, I want God's work manifest through you, through your life. I want them to see Jesus through you. Now, way back in 1975, I am 15 years old, born in a religious family. We read Bible every day. We pray every day. We go to church every Sunday. But within 15 years, I am a member of the biggest Roman Catholic church in, uh, in the northern part of the Philippines. 15 years, I never miss every single Sunday Mass. But, but first time, when somebody invited me in a small congregation, they called it a Baptist church with 13 people, that Sunday morning, a missionary preached John 3.16. I mean, he preached John 3.16 for 45 minutes. He never mentioned another verse. And, and, and I feel that Sunday morning that this man is not ready to preach because he just mentioned John 3.16, John 3.16, John 3.16. And practically, I memorized John 3.16 before I got saved. Now, I don't understand what happened that Sunday morning. I don't, I can't explain it by words. But the only thing that I can remember is I came and I walked on the aisle and I accepted Christ as my personal Savior. And that is the first time in 15 years, even though that I have religion, that I, I found out myself that I am lost. And if I die, I will go to hell. And there is no hope in my life. But that Sunday morning, I accepted Christ as my personal Savior and, the, and what he promised me in John chapter 1, verse number 12, but as men as received him, he gave power to become the sons of God. That Sunday morning, I walked out of that building, a new teenager. And I don't know what happened. And I don't know, I can't explain. I don't know why, I don't know the feeling that is totally different. When he saved me that Sunday morning, he changed me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 and 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That Sunday morning, I want to run going outside and tell everybody what happened to me. Uh, my mom, she tried her best to change me for the last 15 years. Every, every night, I need to spend time with my mom. And she will, and she will discuss, do not do this, do not do this, do not do this. And then I need to, I need to see my grandmother. And she will do the same. Edgar, these are, these are the bad things. Don't do this and don't. They try their best to keep me straight. But all of them failed. But that Sunday morning, a 45 minutes preaching about John 3.16, I got saved and God changed me. And I believe with all my heart, after that day when I got saved, Jesus told me, I want Christ's work manifest through you. You know what I did after I got saved? I picked up some gospel trucks in the church corridor. And I, and, and I tried my best to distribute to our neighbors. And I told them, just read what is written in the piece of paper. Don't ask me anything. I can explain it. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I don't know any single verse. I can't explain it. I told them, 
just read it. And I'm believing that something God will move in their hearts and they will get saved. And I tried my best to go around. This is what I'm doing. And, and, and then I moved to another street. I went to another street. And I go around in a place where I was born and lived for 15 years. And I found out something. It is just half a mile away where I used to live. And I found out that there is a small Baptist church. That, that church has been in that city since 1927. But I forgot to tell you a story. Four years before I got saved, my dad got a heart attack and he died after three days. And I'm just 11 years old. When I got saved... Every time that I will encounter the word hell in this book, it breaks my heart. He is a good father. No vices. Never drink, never smoke. Nothing. He loves my mom. I never heard them fighting each other for the last 11 years. So when I, after I got saved, I asked the Lord, why you did not save me earlier? And I thought that he is not a fair God. I said, my dad is a good man. He don't deserve hell. He don't deserve that eternal punishment. He is a good person. Why Lord did not save me at the age of nine years old? Then I can, and I can share to my dad the salvation. But after I got saved, it hurts me more when I found out it is just half mile away that we live for 15 years and there is one Baptist congregation. But as far as I'm concerned, we never heard or we never received even just one gospel trucks to that congregation for the last 15 years. Nobody knocks on our doors and tells about the Lord for 15 years. It breaks my heart and it raises me a lot of questions. And I ask my preachers how those people in that congregation will enjoy heaven. If there are people around their place half a mile away, refused to take the responsibility and win them and, and, and give them warning about the Lord and spend their life and eternity in hell. And do you know tonight, there are people that crossed on our life, went to hell. They are pointing back their finger on us. I know this man. I know this woman. I know this lady. He is my office mate. She is my office. He is a friend of mine. She is a friend of mine. My friend, if you are a Christian tonight, don't be selfish. Don't give that salvation to your pocket. Don't keep it alone. There is a purpose why God saved us. There is a purpose. Jesus said, I want the Christ, I want the works of God manifest through this blind man. And I believe with all my heart tonight, that is the same purpose. Why God save us. Am I right? Are you not happy tonight that you are saved? Are you not happy? I don't understand. I'm confused. I saw a lot of Christians, they go to church are so very lonely. I, I don't know 
where is what we call joy of salvation in our hearts? Uh, since I got saved, and I keep telling to our church at Grace Baptist Church, every time you go to church on Sunday, if you want to be a member of Grace Baptist Church, make sure you know how to smile on Sunday. You know why? I thought you are a child of the king. Why you worry a lot in this world? We can stop those problems. We cannot do anything. But I said, don't worry. If something happens, everything will be crushed. After one minute, there is a place waiting for us, and that is heaven. Are you not excited? Are you not happy? I mean, uh, some people, they cannot even smile because problems after problems, the Bible says, leave it to me. Lean on to me. Call me and I'll be there. Uh, look at this blind man. I said, before I will help you, before I will return back your eyesight, I want God's work manifest through you. Last thing, look at on verse, on verse number 13. And they brought to the Pharisees him that offered time was blind. And, 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 and they questioned the miracle that Jesus performed because it is Sabbath day. You know Sabbath rule. I'm sure you are familiar about Sabbath day. Am I right? Sabbath day is a day of rest. Right. You're not supposed to cook food on Sabbath day. Am I right? It is not a day to watch ball game. Am I right? Come on. It is not right to go to Disneyland. It is not a day to go to or anything. It is a day of rest. And Pharisees are so very mythic about following the Sabbath day. And this is the reason why they question the Lord. When he spat on the ground and take that clay to the eyes of this blind man, that is Sabbath day. And that is the reason they said, this Jesus, the son of carpenter from Bethlehem, he is not from God. Because he did not respect Sabbath you know those Pharisees? I don't call them Pharisees back home. I call them hypocrites. You know why? They are pretending that they love God, that they follow and respect Sabbath, but they don't know who is this Jesus. They forget something. Jesus is the Sabbath. If you take out the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be no Sabbath. This is the reason why they celebrate Sabbath day, because of the Lord. And they are pretending they love God, they respect Sabbath. They accuse Jesus that he is not from God, because he performed that miracle during Sabbath day. But the only problem, they are a bunch of hypocrites. And I'll be done. In 2005, one of the greatest evangelists that this country ever produced, he went to Cambodia in 2005. They rented the biggest football stadium. They filled up with Cambodian people. More than 12,000 people show up on Friday night. They convinced all different churches to help them and to rally behind these men of God, they call it. And they went to our church. Because we are working in a medical mission and they tried to convince me to support that ministry. 
And then, and then some of these leaders, they told me that this man, he, he can help our church. And I told him how this man can help our ministry. He said, bring all your sickly people. And this man, he got the power from God and he can heal all those sickly people. And I told him, good. I like the idea. I said, good. And I told them, if this man is from God, and he can heal any kind of diseases, what he's doing in a football stadium? I know people that are very sick in the hospital. I don't think, I got an old woman, 85 years old, She's in ICU fighting for her life. There is no way that I can bring out that old woman and bring her in his deep football stage. She cannot make it. And I told them, please, bring this man to the hospital. Some of those sickly people, they don't have even a hospital bed. They're laying on the grounds. They need help. What this man is doing? Uh, by the way, this man, his name is Mr. Benny Hinn. <laughs> the following day, next morning, Cambodian Foreign Affairs Secretary kicked him out in the country. And we told them, praise the Lord, Cambodian Politicians made the first thing to do for the first time. And they told him he cannot come back in that country. Now, these are a bunch of hypocrites. And we can find people around this country. Hypocrites preachers. Hypocrites believers. What the pastor told us this morning. Christian by lips. Christian look, they dress look like a Christian. But deep inside, they're not Christian. What we need are those believers that God's work manifests through us. And I would like to challenge you tonight. There is a purpose why God saved us. There is a purpose. Look at these flowers. They are beautiful. I think you don't need to water them. Am I right? Do you need to water them? No. Do you bring them outside to get sunlight? No. It requires nothing. It remains beautiful forever. The purpose of these flowers, the reason we buy all these flowers to make this place beautiful, they are designed just for display. There is no life. If God saved me, just to be like flowers just for display, then I hate to be a Christian. I don't want to be a Christian. I don't want to be a Christian just for display. I don't want to live in this world that Christ's work will never manifest through me. I want God will use me. You don't need to go to Bible college and God can use you. You don't need to be a pastor and God can use you. You don't need to be a deacon of the church and God can use you. You don't need to be a Sunday school teacher and God can use you. I believe with all my heart, every single person that God saved, God can use it.
The only thing is willingness. You don't like to serve Him. That is the bottom line. I would like to challenge you tonight. There is a purpose why you are here. And there is a purpose why God saved you. And that is the reason why He saved us. Thank you, sir. Thank you.